It's episode nine times, Zanon. <laughs> I feel like you're about to like read a storybook. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the- I would love you. I would have loved you back in the day in school, like just reading books to me in in different bassy tones. Well, listen out for my latest audio book. Oh, I can't believe everyone is still listening to this. If you're still listening to this episode and have not turned it off, this is great because you're in for a great treat right now. I heard that a lot of people that have kids just play the podcast to their children to put them to sleep. That's true. I also lift music has now been replaced with our podcast. Yeah, which is incredible. That's why our streams are so high. Oh man, the World Tower in Sydney is like level 50. You get to level 49, you're like... Man, when is this podcast going to end? And it never does. It never does. It just keeps going. And we, we, we're going to go back to the start again. Yeah. Start again. <laughs> yeah. You know what sort of never me. stops? Uh, Jolly and Petch in production. Yeah, but Jolly and Petch hitting just absolute bangers. He is smashing out singles. He, he does a lot of reboots of tracks, which I used to love. And I think he obviously knows the dance floor so well whether it's you know the old school stuff or the new school stuff he's remade it into his own sound and it's really working for him i completely agree completely agree and you know the thing about rebooting tracks and creating something from something fresh from something old let's just say what it is Mm. still a hit but old getting those approvals and getting the right sign off from like the estate or the people he actually has a really interesting story about one of the goats. A few years ago, I covered Michael Jackson Thriller. I sent it to a record label here and they said, there's no way you're getting clearance on Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and this is where the belief in yourself comes. And I'm like, okay, that's no worries. Mm. That, uh, because MJ didn't actually write Thriller, it was Rod Templeton. And I actually got the first time ever Thriller has been officially approved to do as a cover um, and official blessings from Michael Jackson's estate as well, which is just crazy for me because he's such an influential artist. That's fascinating to think that you could go and jump through all these hoops and barriers and blocks and sometimes you can get somewhere. Can you imagine getting approval from the MJ crew? That That's, is, that's insane. Well, that's the thing. You kind of turn around. It has to be top-notch. Well, he obviously is doing the, the right job for this. Obviously, oh, for if, sure. If you heard some of his songs, like even like Dreams that he did, the Flip Mill backtrack, it was so cool. It sounded so much like the original. And... You know, he would have gone, this is it. This is the perfect alignment for the so- the original versus the new version. I'm going to make it even better. Like, he just, he just tweaked it to perfection. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's that talent comes with experience. Like, he's been around for a while. Like, he's toured and, and spent all of his time in Cyprus. And it's taken a long time. It's taken experience to get where he is and, and to create the sound he's got. And he's got a hell of a story. He has Dreams, Fleetwood Mac's original that's been remastered into a, an amazing dance track. And this is doing massive things across the world. Took that thing down, flipped it and reversed <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm just going to do this right now. Yeah, that's Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind actually. Like, you know, just to see it get up to the, the top spot and then, you know, uh, the, the label con- contact me the next week. Oh, you got number one again. It's like wow, and then now it's it's taken on a bit of a life of its own. Now it's with uh, on the top of the Shazam charts mm. and uh, on the top of the iTunes um, dance charts as well. Like it's really, you know, I've had a lot of singles previous to this, but this one's kind of starting to see a little bit more mainstream success, which obviously 
when you cover a big song uh, like Fleetwood Mac as well, yeah. um, then, you know, if it's done right, and I think it was just the right time as well, you know, we've kind of got out of COVID, uh, coronavirus type of stuff um, in Australia, unlike the rest of the world, and obviously the Fleetwood Mac thing went massive on TikTok, TikTok. as well. Yeah. Although, side note, I did mine before TikTok's thing blew up, so... Um, did you really? Yeah, I did. And I did a, I did a uh, live stream for Head Candy and all these people going, wow, what what um, remix is this? So I was like, oh, well, it's not actually a remix. It's a cover version. There's nothing from the original. All the guitars that I used were replayed. The, the vocals, this amazing singer called Regan Derry. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's just this, it's just blown up. And I'm, um, I'm wrapped to see how it's going. And, and look, I'm here talking with you guys as well. So... That's a good sign. <laughs> this is amazing because I've, I've obviously uh, heard a lot of your stuff in the past. Um, all, all your Aria Club chart um, hits, um, I always receive them on promo and I love them and I play them uh, in my sets as well. But this obviously, this can relate to everyone. It's not just club chart. It's, it's you know, pop charts and uh, radio friendly and everyone wants it. Girls love it. Guys love it. It's, you don't have to be a DJ to play. It's, just, it's, it's a dance floor uh, anthem. And to have Fleetwood Mac, Classic Reborn, and not sound shit, let's say, you know, a lot of people do covers, and this one just sounds, re- like, it just sounds like an original again. You've just made it, you've brought life to it in, in our generation. Well, I mean, I used to play a bootleg version of this uh, probably coming up to almost 10 years throughout different sets and stuff like that, but not, I never had one that was suitable for, like, main room club. Mm. And after... Um, you know, our horrible lockdown here, well, going through our horrible lockdown here, you know, I had plenty of time on my hands. I'm like, what classic should I revisit? And that one always stood out because I was like, I've got a version that's great for bars, but I want something that when we're allowed to go back into venues and have dance floors again, something that people can relate to, something that they can sing, and it, and it just just happened to be the, the one. And and the great thing was we had the, the blessing from Fleetwood Max Publishers and all that, that they, they really liked it, so they approved it. So, yeah, we're just on a high um, on cloud nine over it. It's, it's really a dream for this to all come true. Oh, well <laughs> See what done. you did there. Well done. <laughs> See, something that I really like about it, like following you for a while now, you've always been someone that is all about, we talk a lot about cross-pollination, uh, and you're someone that has always been a fan of funky style house and, and funky vocal house and all that sort of So you're bringing almost that 70s style vocal and 70s style, I mean, I will say the word disco, but funk era of music, and you take a song from the 70s and yeah. completely flip it. Was that your thought, or is that does that song mean anything to you from back then? It, it's always been a classic song, and, and my style, I came from that vocal housey like head candy kind of style um when i first started djing so you know the whole industry's gone through that you know that big movement where the edm was massive for ages and now that whole disco and the house things kind of come back around again and um and obviously artists like um purple disco machine is is massive as well and so I play a lot of his stuff. I produce a lot of stuff that sounds like that as well. But that, that's what I've been doing for, you know, the last 10, 15 years that I've been producing as well, stuff like that. So this one just kind of, it took me a while to, to get this one sounding the way that I envisaged it because I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it right. Yeah. You know, and, and this one, I think, you know, this version 
Uh, it crosses something that can go onto radio. It crosses something that can go into dance halls. You can you can slow it down a little bit and play it in bar scenarios as well. And then you've got the remix pack on top of that, which just takes it to the next level. So you've got your all club bangers, um, and, and yeah, like I, I just I really wanted to approach this one where. I nailed the production and absolutely nailed the vocal because that's the main thing. There's cover versions where the vocalists don't sound anything like that. And I wanted it to be that if you're on the dance floor, you're going, oh, wow, this is an amazing Fleetwood Mac mix, but it's not Fleetwood Mac, it's Regan Derry. Yeah, like properly, well, yeah, like properly paying homage or homage to to the original artist. Um, no, I completely I love, get I love that. that disco sound though and... I do. I have a side project called Electric Disco where I really hone in on that. My JP brand is more for my commercial poppier stuff, yeah. and um, and I think this with, with what it's doing on on commercial radio at the moment, it's kind of starting to tickle those boxes. This is the thing, though, and a lot of producers like yourself uh, who bring out originals, we all struggle sometimes to bring out the original and to make it become popular, I guess. In your case, all the stuff you brought out has been already popular. Like, you bring out quality music, and that's why it always, you know, hits the charts well, club charts and whatnot. You've brought out commercial now. Um, is this the kind of avenue you want to go down, or do you want to still do your original stuff to kind of keep the ball rolling, or do you want to go into the commercial side and pop side of things uh, as a you know, as a club producer um, or, you know, funky, funky house producer? Well, I'd like to try and align myself in, um, I guess, a couple of names that I could throw out as Calvin Harris. Yeah, yeah right. You know, the David Getter, the, 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 the Joel Corey, you know, for, for a new guy for the last couple of years, you know, he's really kind of made a name for himself around the world. And, you know, I can do all that type of production, but the key to it is finding the right top liners, you know, mm. um, you can, you could produce the best backing track ever, but if you don't have the right vocalist that, or the right tone of the vocalist and the catchiest top line, um, then, you know, you're just dead in the water. So that's the key is, is for me now is really going down that, uh, uh, with, with my Jolene Pitch, um, brand really kind of going for that commercial crossover dance music. You know, I can do all the remixes with electric disco and stuff if I need to make it a bit funkier or go and commission a, another remixer. But I think now that Dreams has kind of started to take off and have its own trajectory, it just it's probably right for me to kind of follow suit. And I really want to work on a lot more originals. Doing the covers is fantastic because DJs will drop that in their sets. Mm. But I really want to make a memorable um, original that's as good as Dreams, you know. Or better. Yeah, I get that for sure. I get so it's funny you mentioned Joel Corey. We had a chat to him a little while ago and I mean he's got his group of, of vocalists, well a couple of vocalists with with Ray and M and E K and he's kind of found his little huddle of people that have that iconic sound. And it's again we've chatted to uh, people like Loud Luxury and they've got Brando. Brando yeah. And have you got another group of do you have a group of vocalists? Can we can we find out if you're working with any particular vocalists? Or, or get Reagan back again obviously well well I, yeah. I mean at the start of the year we put uh, regan and i did uh, a holding on which was number one on the aria club charts for three weeks so then coming off holding on with her on the uh vocals for dreams and now five weeks i mean that's uh two months we've we've been at number one for this mm. this year so she's definitely an amazing um top liner she's fantastic coming Agreed. out with melody so i'd love to incorporate her in, into the team uh, and we've, we've done some other work as well. So, I mean, for future, definitely. Uh, another 
big name um, that I'm really excited to uh, put something out with that we've we've done some tracks is uh, Bianca as well. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, amazing. What a talent, you know. I mean, I'm surprised she's not even bigger than what she is in Australia. She, she to me is like dual Australia's dual Eper, you know. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. Um, and I'm working with a few other guys. Can't say at the moment, oh. but um, it, it, there's. I mean, that those. I two, will find out. Yeah, don't you worry. Those, <laughs> yeah, those, those two vocalists already. I mean, yeah. I, I think they're they're some of the best that Australia's got to offer. Yeah, agreed. I mean, we've again chatted to your yeah. Bianca. She's someone that you look at, you listen to, and she's got this icon. She's got an iconic look, iconic sound, and I hate the idea of staying in a lane, especially when it comes to talking cross pollination with music or anything in general. But Bianca's found her sound, and she knows who she is vocally, and you need that when it comes to production, like what we're talking about here. For sure. I, I mean, I I, uh, I hope we're now. We've got we've done a couple tracks, um, and I hope when they come out, they they get a good response and people really love them because I I think it's one of her best vocals that she's done. It's super catchy. She kind of almost sounds a little bit Rihanna-ish or a little bit Zara Larson, you know. And if you if you sound like those pop goddesses, then you're onto a good thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. You you got to bring out quality, and we know that's going to be a, a definite with the success of Dreams, a Fleetwood Mac Dreams. I'm so curious on what it's like in your studio time. Like, you know, when you get in the studio, I want to know, what's it like when you sit down in that room with your vocalists and, you know, your other producers? What's the vibe like? Well, generally, it's just me. I don't have any other producers or anything like that. So it'll just be me. I'll uh, lay down foundation of my, my keys first into the drums do, do all the other little uh, splashes of what I've got to do and then I'll go, go out there and I'll contact the, the vocalists. Yeah, right. Sometimes I might uh, work with a vocalist straight off. So then it'll just be based on keys and then just soon they're working on melodies. And if, if the vocalists end up singing about KFC, <laughs> then it's about KFC. <laughs> that melody was just about Colonel Sanders, <laughs> but it was super catchy. Well, then, uh, then KFC going to be paying me some more. I was going to say, there's a quick cross sponsorship there. Uh, KFC, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> and then you look at the time, it's 4 a.m., and you walk outside and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I need some KFC. <laughs> so, talking about the studio space, you're, you're someone that's toured the world. Like, you're talking yeah. Cyprus. You spent a lot of time in Cyprus, right? I did. I, like, did. I spent three seasons there. So traveling the world, now that we have, and let's not talk about COVID because we all know what happened there, but now that we've got a lot of studio time, when you're creating a track, do you think, how am I going to play this to a crowd? Do you think about a specific performance space or do you think about people listening to it on their headphones? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I come from that DJ background. You know, I've been DJing for 20 odd years, you know, so I always think of the drops um, and then, you know, if I'm listening to stuff, I'm like, is the breakdown got enough energy for, for, for dancers? But then on the flip side of that, radio doesn't really care too much about that. It's more about the hooks on that. So you can break things down and that's why some guys you'll see that it has their radio mix and then their extended mix may be a little bit more changed for the club. You know, so um, obviously with streaming now as a, an important factor in an artist's career, 
you've kind of got to think, right, I've got to do a Spotify edit, which doesn't need to have as much energy and you don't need all the effects and all that kind of stuff that builds the track and, and transition stuff. So you can strip a lot more stuff back, I find, for radio, Spotify. But in the club environment, you know, if it just goes into this nice breakdown and there's, there's no claps or anything like that, um, for the club, that, that can kill it. But for radio streaming, that, that'll be perfect, you know. So you kind of got to, it really depends on the song as well. I mean, some songs, um, you know, will, are just good to be exactly 100% carbon copy. But then, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, it's funny because I, I do come from that DJ background. So I do have that hat on when I'm producing. But then I just have to remove myself sometimes and go, if I'm listening to it as just, some on Spotify, you know, is this too much? And and that's why you work with the A&Rs at your record label as well, and they'll give you some tips. Oh, you should maybe strip this out or add this, you know. So it, it kind of it works well if you're working with uh, an onto it A&R representative as well. Well, you have a lot of experience, and you you're not you're not in it for the 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 short run. You you're in it for the big run, and you know exactly how to play the game right. Your marketing is amazing. Your music is quality. Um, your production is you know at the highest quality. I would say um, you know if if you brought out a track, it's never going to be just because you want to make money out of it. You definitely do it because you know you know you have experience, and this is exactly why we want to talk to people like you because we love the, hear, hearing the background story and why, you know, why hard work pays off in the big game. And believing in what you do. Yeah. Like, that's the main thing, mm. and I love it. That's what you get from Jolly and Pitch. Yeah. Well, you, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that music's good. You have to have a good team of people that also, you know, if you send it to them, they're not going to give you BS, you know. They're going to say, oh, you know, it's not as catchy there, and once, and and for me, I'm perfectionist, so I'll I'll, um, I'll always ensure that you know I've got a few people uh, that give me their honest opinion, and if it's not 100 percent, and it's not 100 percent, we work till it's 100 percent, and I think this year now, you know, I've got some new kind of goals, um, and that goal being I want to get onto the main aria charts oh, club yeah. chart is fantastic yeah. but that that's my goal so if it takes me another five years so hopefully not um hopefully these follow-ups but you know um we can we can start getting there but that that's my that's my next goal is yeah. to, even if it was number 50 i would be happy to be on the main <laughs> nah, man. no man no we're gonna get you to yeah. number one we're gonna get you to number one we're gonna get that's the number, I want to see number one would be absolutely a dream. I want to um, see I want to see you in a with a platinum framed record, rolling down the street in a skateboard and a bottle of cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> or or if we go back to our sponsor from before, KFC. eating a KFC bucket of chicken. <laughs> oh, Honestly, we man. love chatting with you, man. Look, I, I love I love the idea of perfection and I love the idea of you having the right team around you. And uh, honestly, we may seem like we're in your pocket about the music but if we thought it was shit we wouldn't this interview we'd be sitting here going listen man we need to talk not impressed (laughs) your game up (laughs) I love the idea of and when we're talking about like you know you're talking about creating a new track with dreams I didn't realise that you'd completely redone everything I know and this is this is the funny thing because I've had radio interviews and all this and they're like oh so how did you get Stevie Nicks on the track and I went, um, well, no, that, that's a cover version. You know, that, that, that's another singer. And then, like, the guitar 
So if you want a little bit of background on, on how I went about that is I had the multi-track stems from the original Fleetwood Mac session. So yeah, right. I had the drums, I had the bass, I had the guitars, I had the vocals, the backing vocals. Every, you know, I can't remember how many. How did you times. score all that? I can find them online. Oh, right. You just, to, you just have to know what you're looking for, you know. Yeah. And through COVID, I had plenty of time. Yeah, no doubt. You know? So... <laughs> So I grabbed, I grabbed um, all of those and then uh, time stretched them to the, the BPM that I needed. Yeah. And, um, and then all I used from that session was the guitar and parts and the, the vocal. And then I was like, well, that guitar, I can get any professional guitar player to replay yeah. that. I'm not really that concerned if the tone is not 100% because that's not what I'm trying to aim for. The, the main goal of that is to get... The vocalist tone. And yeah. Regan is on that um, TV program at the moment where you sing an excerpt of a song and, and I have to guess mm, what that, that uh, yeah. is. And so you have to – she puts on her voices. She's like a really good imitator. She, so she can do Rihanna. I did a version of Umbrella at the very end of last year. She did that for me. She's done Whitney Houston. She, her tone is amazing. So I was like, well, what's your Stevie Nicks impersonation like? Because oh, I was very nasally, I'll give it a go. Yeah. So sent me a video Jeez. of her doing this, and I was like, send those vocals over right now. Well, um, in terms of dollars wise, like you don't have to worry about recording rights on that. That's all publishing, right? Yeah. Well, and and the label takes care of all yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Um, all I have to do is pay pay my um, session musicians and yeah. vocalists and stuff like that. And the only session musician I had to pay was uh, a really good guitarist. So. Uh, obviously vocalist as well, but it's, uh, you know, I played all the keys, I did all the yeah. drum, bass line, all that kind of stuff. So just stuff that I can't do very well. Yeah. Um, uh, I can play some chords, but doing lead stuff like that, you know. Wow. So, yeah, that, that that was the whole thing. And that it took me probably about a week of just really working it, once I, especially once I had all the vocals as well, you know. Now here we are, number one, five weeks. So see, that's awesome. I think like even just when you went to go get the approvals and whatnot, you how far along was the track? Was that right? At oh, the I did the point? track. In, I finished the track in uh, September, October, yeah. and signed it with Hustle in probably February. Sick. So, but and, you didn't have to go. I need this and this and this to be able to piece something together to get approval to make it. You were like, "Hey, this is the final product, yeah. or roughly final product. Can so I get that, approval?" And they're like, "Fuck yeah, that's so a sick that, track." Yeah, so they, so, but if if you want to hear a, a real in-depth story, uh, a few years ago, I covered Michael Jackson Thriller. Now, do you know how hard it is to get Fuck. approval for Michael Jackson? So I sent, I did Thriller. I had all the, all the parts I needed replayed. I only used um, the guitar and um, his voice because I had the stems and um, I found this vocalist who took me days, and, oh no, weeks probably, of actually, and because when you find the vocalist, then you've got to reach out to them and some of these guys don't want to reply to you. You know, you've got to go through the whole rigmarole of that. I found this guy. He is the nicest guy. He's from Spain. His name's DeBeat. And I think he is the world's best MJ impersonator. Wow. So got, got him to redo this. Um, and, and, like, Thriller's not his strongest um, MJ impersonation. Like, if he does Man in the Mirror and all that, man, it's, it's so hard to tell the difference. Uh, but he nailed this one. And um, I sent it to a record label here and they said, 
there's no way you're getting clearance on Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and this is where the belief in yourself comes. And I'm like, okay, that's no worries. Oh. And uh, the Amsterdam dance event came up. And I, when you register, they give you a list of record labels to that you can reach out to who's going to be going there and you can organise meetings and all that. So yeah. there was this one label. I could see what artists they work with. I was like, I'm going to get in contact with them. And they said, um, yeah, we'll be keen to um, meet you, but can you send us a couple tracks? And I'm like, well, can I just pitch these tracks to you over there? You know, they're like, oh, no, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, you're someone that we actually want to talk to and spend some time with. So I sent them a couple tracks and Thriller being one of them. And they came back saying, well, we actually worked on the official 30-year or 20, I think 30-year album of Thriller at Sony and then they've gone off and started their own company. So they said, we're actually really keen to try and get this thing cleared. And uh, then we were all about to go and get everything and and then it was really difficult. And then when I just finished Amsterdam dance event, I was in Belgium and I got the call and they said, that uh, because MJ didn't actually write Thriller, it was Rod Templeton, so it was his estate that had to give approval, and they said, good luck, he never gives approval on anything. And I actually got the first time ever Thriller has been officially approved to do as a cover, um, and official blessings from Michael Jackson's estate as well, which is just crazy for me because he's such an influential artist, um, so that, you know, getting the blessings from all these... Uh, huge estates and um and we put it out unfortunately radio doesn't like mj so um but anyways that that was that is it the hardest one to to try and get across the line is mj but we got it so you're the only only artist that's been able to do that for thriller wow no one else is if you ever see anything else it'll be an un uh unofficial um cover they may have got another vocalist on there, but this has gone through all the right channels and it's got the blessing from... Um, the, the, and the other funny thing is another connection to that is I just remixed this uh, under my electric disco thing, Johnny and Pitch's electric disco mix for Syeda Garrett. And Syeda Garrett um, actually wrote Man in the Mirror for Michael Jackson wow. as well. So it's, it's funny how everything's kind of intertwining now when, when I'm remixing some of these other artists as well. Yeah, so maybe boy. there's a way of getting Man in the Mirror out officially with Cider. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Joey and Patch is, is just a remarkable person. I think he, his production is really proving itself in the industry. You can see it when he hits the charts with his songs. His singles are smashing it out in everyone's sets. I, I play his music. He, you know, honestly, if I if I was like stuck for a song to play and I needed something a little bit lightweight but still party, I'll drop a Jolly and Petra. See, I mean, it's not even if you're stuck for a song, man. You just play it. You just play an endless set of Jolly and Petra. You no, know, when I say stuck, I meant like you know, you know, like the dance floor is sort of dying out a bit. The vibe's not really there. Jolly and Patch come in, bang, the dance falls back. Because, oh, bro, 100%. Yeah. It's, they're floor fillers. Yeah, they are. They're anthems. All the tracks that he brings out, they're like old school classics that have been rebooted. And even his originals are made onto the dance floors and they smash it out because they just have a great sound to them. I can't wait to see him in a, in a festival state. Oh, man. Festivals are amazing. With all the people that are there to support the artists, I love festivals so much. It's just a vibe. And especially going to festivals with you, Tony B, it's just, it's bit crazy when we go to festivals (laughs) it is and we've got our 10th episode of more than music coming up is it 10 10 but we had to do something special here yes we had to 
And this is the episode of all episodes. Yeah, okay, this list of artists is insane. We're having our own <laughs> festival, so <laughs> it's, it's nuts. We've got a full lineup. We've got a plethora of artists yeah, coming yeah. up. Yeah, but there's no music. It's just talking. <laughs> and But they've got a really interesting story, each Honestly. and every one of these artists. I, I, some of the conversations that we've had with these artists are beyond what I've ever thought of talking to these artists about. Well, it's so, so outside of music, which is the whole concept of this podcast, (laughs) more than music. Tell us more. Tell us more. Give us more. We're giving you guys more. So Festival X, this is going to be the 10th episode. It it features so many artists that we've grown to love and we love right now as well. Some of the biggest names in the the game right now. I reckon we should list them out. We're talking Armin Van Buren. Oof, we've got Steve Aoki. Then Tandy Phoenix. She's a killer. I never got to speak to Tandy Phoenix and understood her before we had the chat with her. She's she's a great person. Uh, Marlo. Legend. Awesome. Generic. He's Calvin Harris's good mate. Isn't that crazy? It's so weird that they're so tight. <laughs> oh, man. Anna Luna. Blue face. Oh, how did he get on there? <laughs> <laughs> he made it He made it into the interview somehow. And obviously our great friends, the Sunset Brothers. Uh, uh, and, you know, we even kidnapped Bianca at one point. Yeah. You know we're going to have to throw a mic in front of Bianca's face if we're <laughs> wherever we are. Look, this episode does go for a little bit longer, but you know what? You won't stop listening because these artists have some very interesting topics to talk about, especially Steve Aoki. I love talking to him. This organization is about brain research. I want to work with orgs and I get to talk with scientists and researchers and people that are, you know, experts in the field of the brain, and which is very exciting for me. Yeah. The brain is extremely fascinating. That's amazing. And it's like, uh, you know, this is who we are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's up here? This is like our personality, our decisions, our, our futures designed from here. You could change your heart out, you could change your hand out, you could change your eyes out eventually, but you cannot change parts of your brain that make up who you are. So if we can really understand the brain, we could essentially, hopefully, live forever. See, really? Brain research? He really surprised me, honestly. When I did a little bit of research into Steve, I went, hold on, shit, he's got his finger in a few different little pies and... I can't wait to or see cakes. how his brain works. And cakes too, which is... Yeah. <laughs> his cake throwing situation. He's a, he's a bit of a cake thrower. <laughs> so make sure you smash that subscribe button and uh, stick around for the Festival X show on the next episode of More, More Than, Than Music. Music. <laughs>